All right, journal entry three. I think I should start doing my own intro music. I hope I don't get sued for that one. Anyway, hi. I am uh, I'm on one today, if you can't tell. I'm coming on here for my third day in a row. I'm going to try to make this a thing, and I'm going to try to talk about whatever the hell I want and whatever I'm thinking about at the time. I was just thinking about... I was thinking about typology, but I was also thinking about my experience. I'm So I'm redoing... This is going to be my last month. March is going to be my last month of doing one-off, one-on-ones with my coaching because I've just found that um, the depth of... Um, the depth that you can get out of spending 12 weeks working with these frameworks that I'm using um, is insane. And a lot of people just don't stick to it unless um, there is a somewhat of a structure. So I'm doing, I'm developing a 12 week one-on-one program. I'm going to take 10 clients starting in April uh, that is focused on for the first four weeks typology and your type and the cognitive functions that you use and how they sh- the, f- the four conscious functions will be focused in on the, f- the first two weeks and then the, the unconscious functions on the, the third week and then the fourth week of the first month will be sort of an integration, uh, what, what to do with all of this information. And then the second week, I want to work with dreams and both teach the framework of how to work with your dreams. I want you to not become dependent on me. I want my clients to not depend on me Um, So the goal is to both work with them, but also teach them how to become self-sustainable, how to stay in contact with yourself and your life purpose, which is what the fourth, sorry, the third month will be focused on. The last four weeks will be focused on life purpose and what, what that, the first two months are so that you can get to know yourself and I can get to know you. We can look at what the conscious mind is doing, what the unconscious mind is doing with dreams, and then the the third month is going to be focused on what we want to build. What do you want to build? What will get you out of bed in the morning? I find that that's probably like the fundamental, beautiful thing about knowing your purpose in life. And and purpose is, purpose is something you assign to yourself. Um, I mean, it got to a point where I don't believe that I assigned it to myself. I do believe that when you're living in your purpose, um, life opens up to you when it's the correct purpose, when your purpose, your ego's purpose aligns with, um, with the greater purpose of the position you play in the organism that is this species or this consciousness or whatever it is. Um, and that the flagpost of living purposefully is enjoying waking up and enjoying going to bed. That's the best thing in the world. That is probably the most profound thing that I've experienced in my self-exploration is becoming, like falling in love with waking up in the morning and falling in love with going to sleep at night. There's just not a bad point in my day, um, which is very opposite of what it used to be. I used to dread waking up and I used to dread going to sleep. I had to drink a bottle of, well, actually it was like, at one point in time I was drinking 12 beers and a, plus a 40 
every night within like a three hour to two hour span of time, which is too much liquid, by the way. It'll strip your electrolytes and then you will lose function of your body, which happened to me. I hit my head a lot. Um, and that's why I'm so weird. And uh, I've, I had one experience I almost died where I, I drank 12 beers in a 40 and then I, I probably was smoking too. And I was in the bathroom and I lost consciousness and I hit my head on the windowsill, the toilet, like the back of the toilet, the toilet, and then the, like the tile floor. And I remember actually the white light, which is really interesting. And I remember going into this infinite bliss and then hearing a voice or maybe it was my own voice. I was saying, you ain't done yet. You haven't done what you're supposed to do. You can't leave yet, little bitch. That's what the, that's what the voice said to me. Uh, I was like, damn it. And then I woke up to my ex-wife splashing water on me and she was pissed as she deserved to be. Uh, because she thought I was gone. And uh, that was a really interesting, pivotal moment for me. It wasn't pivotal, like pivotal at that time, but looking back at it, I realized that that was when I really grasped this idea that I had something to do before I die, that I can't just bounce out. I have obligations to the species, to the consciousness. Um, and I believe we all have obligations, duty to consciousness, to this experience of being incarnated into a form that has self-reflecting awareness that we have a responsibility to help expand and grow consciousness itself, the universe. Um, and whether you take that duty or not depends on or will, will determine whether you, in, uh, whether you enjoy waking up in the morning or not. Uh, so. This is what I'm thinking about. So this is my program, my coaching program, I'm going to call it something like the life purpose program because finding that is difficult. But that's what I have gotten really good at is I see, I see into people, um, if you're into human design, I am a 6'2 splenic projector um, with like a lot of weird gates and channels. I have a channel of leadership and a channel of the listener. Um, and then I have the, like the 5720, which is a, uh, a channel of, um, of intuitive insight, but it's an unconscious channel and it's in the now, which if you have no idea what I was just saying, essentially, and I knew this before human design, I knew this about myself, that I experience intense truths when I'm listening to someone about them, things that they're, the words they say carry information, deep emotional information, deep um, instinctual information. Um, and, and I have really honed in in my coaching um, on listening and asking the right questions. And I think what's interesting is that asking the right questions has changed my life. In fact, my Instagram blew up because I started asking the right questions. Um, like the videos I do just talking, they don't do well. The ones that I ask questions do well. And what's boring about that is that they're general questions. I don't ask each of my clients the same questions. I come up with new questions every single session. Um, 
especially the first session when I'm typing you, when I'm helping um, identify the different competing value systems, the cognitive functions. Um, anyway, so something I've been thinking a lot about is purpose. And what I really like about Jung's work and what it's done in my life. So like I was an alcoholic. I went to AA. I got sober with the 12 steps. But I was abstractly fascinated by the 12 steps. Unrelated to myself, but it was the fascination was fueled by what they had done for me. And I was like, these are really interesting principles. It's like I had a set of beliefs and values that I had to completely reject. A forced ego death. I had to let go of my perception and paradigm of reality because it had brought me to hell. So I was like, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I could either die and escape this hell or I could let go of everything I think is true. Let go of everything I believe to be correct or to be my values or to be the way I perceive the world because obviously my perception is corrupt. So when it comes to getting sober and when it comes to finding who you are, your past and your beliefs and your paradigm is the most intrusive. It's what blocks you from yourself is who you think you are, who you think you think you are or whatever. And so my experience of the 12 steps, essentially you have to forfeit your principles and your beliefs and your ideas. You have to adopt a set of generic principles and through that you recover a fundamental aliveness, a fundamental um, connectedness into the, into the species, into the consciousness. Um, but it's not your unique purpose at this point. Um, and this is what's difficult about staying in AA is that it can often become a crutch to personal uh, differentiation from the group which you have to differentiate in order to find out or in order to be yourself. So I stepped away from it, um, but, but not before becoming really intrigued by it and got into the idea that, or got into the fact that Carl Jung had been the psychiatrist, psychologist of one of the founders of AA who was trying to get sober before he started AA and went over to... Um, to Europe to work with Jung, got sober, was super stoked, understood the psyche, went home and relapsed, and, and he mailed Jung, and was like, what the hell happened? And Jung was like, well, people like you, hopeless alcoholics, they only have one option, and it's a spiritual experience. And another, another way to look at what a spiritual experience is, is a complete and utter rewiring of the ego. Um, and so the 12 steps are essentially a formula for ego death and reawakening, uh, which worked profoundly. If you work them, if you work the steps, meaning if you just do what it says, you will have, um, a spiritual experience. Not all of the people experience the same type of spiritual experience. Some spiritual experiences are slow moving and grow over time and some of what they call the white light experience. Um, I didn't have a white light experience. I have slowly been growing more and more into spirituality. And what spirituality is to me is connectedness, purpose, being a part of an organism, being a 
part of a system of consciousness um, that is growing, that is expanding. So there's a, a feeling of isolation within alcoholism um, or within pretty much any disease or any <coughs> mental health issues is a, is a, separat- a separation from the whole psychologically. If you think of the ego as a filter of one consciousness, meaning let's say there's just a soup of consciousness, an ocean of consciousness, and then the form, the body, filters that vast consciousness into a single pinpoint perspective in time space. Um, that the ego, the filter, is the most important thing. Meaning if you don't have an ego, you don't have an experience of separateness. So its job is to separate you, but sometimes it does its job too well, and you become completely isolated from the source of consciousness, uh, like a cancer cell who separates itself from the organ and eventually kills the whole organ. So alcoholism is, is intense because it will slowly kill excuse me, the, everyone around it. Um, it becomes so self-centered, so selfish, takes all the resources, if you will, um, because it has this illusion of separateness. Its, its walls were too thick. Um, and so creating a malleable ego, an ego that gives and takes, an ego that can, can protect itself, bring it, its walls up, its gates up when it needs to, and put them down when there's exchange of goods needed, exchange of ideas, and exchange of, um, of beliefs. So this process for me, um, got me into Jung because I was like, how the hell did this happen? I'm curious. And then I got into Jung very lightly and I found a, a Jungian therapist in, in Utah and I started working with my dreams um, and it was so fascinating to me. I started reading Carl Jung's uh, semi-autobiography Dreams, Memories, and Reflections is the first book. Uh, it was really fun to start there because it's more about his life and his perspective over time less about his theories and his his introverted thinking and more about his his intuition and about his his holistic life experience and so it gave me a good foundation to then dive into what i read next which was um what was it man and his symbols which is like five different essays one being from young and then four other people i think and all about interpreting dreams, interpreting symbols, how to, how to look at symbols. And then I read Modern Man in Search of a Soul, and then I read um, The Century, The Undiscovered Self, and then I started to read, um, what else did I read? I was also reading like uh, meditations and other Stoic philosophies at this time which was really helpful. If you haven't read Marcus Aurelius' Meditations, that's a really awesome book to read many, many times. That was a profound book because of how he's like one of the most powerful people in the world 2,000 years ago and the way his mind work, worked. He was working on the same things I was. It was like, oh shit, we have the same mind that we did 2,000 years ago. Um, I mean, the way we are educated now or have the opportunity to be, or for me the privilege, I suppose, um, is the similar type of experience that the emperor had back in the day. We are essentially, on average, getting the education that some of the most powerful people 2,000 years were getting. Anyway, um, 
those are just some ideas. I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. But this experience of studying Jung and working with my dreams, I started having profound experiences with my dreams. There was one dream where I had quadruplets. I had four babies in a bottle and I was trying to feed them all. And I kept on neglecting the fourth baby and it was getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. And it's, I could start to see its skeleton, but it was like a reptilian skeleton inside this baby, which is bizarre. Um, and there was like a, a presence watching me, a feminine. I was like maybe thinking it was the mother or my mother. Um, but I was super hyper fixated on like the numerology and the skeleton and the four and all these different things, which there's a lot in there. But when I was working with my therapist, he was like, who's the woman? And I was like, I don't know, like the mother or something. He's like, I want you to stop everything and I want you to shift your perspective into hers. And all of a sudden I was looking at me and this was just in, with my eyes closed in the, in the session and I was looking at me and all of a sudden I felt this wave of gratitude and appreciation towards me and my effort into taking ch care of these children. I, I, I tapped into this self-love that I'd never experienced like that. I had actually once before in a meditation um, when I was getting sober in New York. This was uh, maybe a year later. But anyway, it was profound self-love that was as easy as shifting my perspective in a dream to tap into. And then I realized this is there in my unconscious. It's just there. It's not something I have to build or convince myself of it's something I get to experience if I get into the right perspective and this really started to show me how powerful dreams are that the characters are all parts of you that are accessible if you only know how to interact with those parts of you rejected parts of you often like this this feminine um, compassion for myself had never been had never been graced with the light of consciousness once in my life. And so when I stepped into it, um, just pure gratitude for myself and appreciation and compassion, um, that's a life-changing experience from a simple dream. So I was like, ah, this stuff, I get it. This is really important stuff. So I kept working with my dreams, started having a lot more shadowy dreams and complex dreams. I had a dream once where this woman on a train was like, hey, we're going towards the three hauntings. Are you sure you want to be going this way? And I was like, yeah, my home's this way. And she's like, all right, well, be careful of the hauntings. And I was like, what, the, what are the hauntings? And she's like, oh, you don't know the mythology. And I was like, no, will you tell me? And within my dream, I went into another dream or like into a, um, a bubble, a story, a myth. And it was this myth of this small character, like a Mickey Mouse character almost. It wasn't Mickey Mouse, but something like a little mouse character who's going to the big city. He's going to New York City or something like this, and he's going to be an artist. He's going to create and make music. <clears throat> and uh, he gets there with his little pack on his back or whatever, and he's all excited, and then he's hit with the reality that he needs to get a job so he can pay rent. And he gets the job, and he's getting exhausted, and he's not quite able to make rent, so he has to get a different job. He's got two jobs now, and he's not making any art. And he's stressed about not making art. And then something happens, and he, he maybe he has a kid or something, and all of a sudden he has to get another job. 
Um, and eventually, he's assassinating people for money. And he is completely detached from his original soulful creative endeavor. He has completely, he's made decisions that have severed his soul from him. He has no more access to his soul because he's assassinating people. He's going against conscious growth. He's, he's stopping people's lives. <clears throat> and that was the myth that she showed me. My myth. Um, gives me the chills thinking about it because I think about this myth all the time. This is the myth of our generation, of our, of our society, is the myth of selling your soul to make money, to survive, that leads to a death of the soul and repression of other people's soul. And so that was kind of the start of my finding my purpose, my purpose of doing the opposite of that, helping people see the myth that we're trapped in and break free from it, to realign with the expansion of consciousness, realign with your purpose as a being that is self-reflecting, an awareness, a consciousness that can can gain its own authority back and make decisions for itself. And a lot of people have a struggle with this, but it's like, you thought, you think I just was eating, like, people don't realize, like, when I decided to do what I love, I was eating top ramen for like four years with a cracked egg in it, like a 39 cent meal every day. And I wasn't eating much. <clears throat> Um, it's not easy to live in a myth like that with the demand of a system that demands you sell your soul for money. It's not easy to break free from it, but it is possible. You just have to sacrifice everything that makes you comfortable. So much so that I've been homeless at times. People don't look at me and think that I've gone through that kind of shit. They think that I had money from my parents or they think that I had, um, and I, yes, I have, I have privilege. I know that. I'm super grateful for it. Um, super grateful for it. And I think I owe the world, you know, my, my gifts of my music, my, like, to be able to play the piano like I do is a privilege because my parents were able to afford piano teachers. And I had a piano growing up. I have this piano. I got it, I got it for free because I've had three pianos given to me for free which is when you're, when you're aligned with what your purpose is, shit comes to you. But also I was learning to, I learned to tech pianos. Right before I got sober, I was teching and rebuilding pianos and, and that got me into some jobs in Salt Lake when I moved back here and eventually this piano came to me because uh, one of my mentors was gonna get rid of it and I was like, mm, let me take that. Um, so it was just, uh, you know, my karma caught back up to me, if you will. Um, although that's not really how I think of karma. But anyway. So, I'm here on this planet with an awareness of my behavior and my freedom and my authority. 
and with that I want to free other people from the myth the the shadow myth um, it's not easy it's not comfortable it's okay if you don't want to do it if you like <clears throat> um, it's not for everybody it's not for everybody but if you can do it it's worth it um, it's worth waking up excited it's worth going to sleep excited imagine like, being so excited to go to sleep to see what your unconscious is doing to become more conscious <clears throat> so sorry about the coughing to become more conscious every time you go to sleep it's a it's a it's a, an amazing experience to be excited to sleep and excited to wake up. It's about as fundamental as you can get. Life should be exciting to wake up into, and it should be exciting to take a break from every night. Um, a break from it into, into the unconscious, into more wisdom and more enlightenment, more, well, I shouldn't say those, insight. My dreams last night were crazy. I had a dream last night that I was getting a call from my piano teacher who I really looked up to in real life. Um, but he was a stickler. He's like, if you don't practice, I don't want to teach you. Um, he was very choosy who he taught. Um, and that got me to practice because I was like, oh, shit, I really like this guy. I want him to be impressed by me. And so I started practicing and I got really good. And so I really appreciate him. And he had me on the phone and it was a flip phone which is really interesting. One of my actual flip phones from my past, back in the day before the distraction, I mean, it was distracting for texting. I used to text a lot. But anyway, in the dream, he's trying to schedule an appointment with me, try to schedule a piano lesson with me. And I, there's my mom's talking really loud and I'm like, hey, let me go into this other room. And then my dad's talking really loud <clears throat> and I go into the other room um, and then I, or I go downstairs, but then there's a speakerphone on that my mom's conversation is coming through. And I was like, I can't get alone. And I like take the batteries out of the, of the speakerphone. And it's it really interesting because vividly, the batteries, I took them out, but the sound was still coming out of the battery. And I was like, I need to discharge the capacitor because the, the, the vocals were like charged to the battery or something. Um, and finally, I get the batteries discharged, and I finally can hear him, but I have left my phone upstairs, and so I, like, run back upstairs, and then I, like, my sister's like, hey, I need you to do this thing, blah, 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 and I'm just, it's like chaos, where I can't get the time to connect to this character who represents myself, represents my, my mentor, my higher, my, my teacher, and I'm so bombarded by stimulant conversations and, and my phone and all these different things. And I just throw myself down the stairs in my dream. And I knew I would be okay, but I wanted to be dramatic. Um, I wanted everyone to know that I was overwhelmed. Um, and then I woke up. But this dream, looking back at it, this is how I feel. Like every message I get on Instagram, every comment I get, it feels like it's blocking me from my connection with myself. Um, with my guidance, my inner guidance. And... So I'm going to be making moves slowly, probably away from engaging at all on Instagram or TikTok and just really focusing on long form, really focusing on podcasting and YouTube and 
my coaching. Um, and this is also why I'm just going to be taking 10 clients. I just need to minimize the energetic connections in my life because it's overwhelming me to the point where I can't show up to any of them. And that dream was very, it was very dramatic throwing myself down the stairs. I woke up wanting to be like, I'm done. I delete, delete all the apps, all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, my soul wants me to do that, but I can't, I can't do that quite yet. I'm not, I'm not brave enough to do that quite yet. Um, but it's hard to use the poison, um, for good without getting poisoned by it. So anyway, just, just a journal entry. Hopefully it was entertaining or you learned something. Um, if you want to book with me, this is my last month. March is going to be my last month doing one-offs. My prices are going to go up quite a bit for the 12-week programs. Um, I'm trying to have less. Like My goal the last few months was to get as many clients as I can, and now I'm going in the opposite direction because I got under my belt what I wanted to, which was to work with many different types, personality types. Um, and... Now I am, I feel very, very ready and confident that I can help people find their purpose. And I'm going to start the life purpose program. It feels a little dry. Maybe I should make, I don't know. I kind of like how dry it is, but maybe a better name. Anyway, hope you have a pleasant day. See you soon.